0: This is Red Truth and White Lies, a podcast of two candidates, one for the white settler and one for everyone else. I'm Andrew Brandt. I'm Nathan Thomas.
1: And I'm Nicola Marsh.
0: This, we have a special guest with us today. She is our investigative journalist, um, Alex White. She uh, penned the essay, Behavior Patterns and Manipulative Gaslighting, uh, for us, and it's been really, really well received. Um, you know, there's been about 117 views on it so far. And... Uh, You know, every single group that I've seen it posted in says, you know, this is good information. This is, you know, a good way to identify like toxic behavior in people, um, different things like that. So um, Alex is going to be here sharing a little little bit about that essay and going a little bit more in depth about that today. So welcome to the podcast, Alex.
2: Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: So um, can you just tell us a little bit what kind of uh, drove you to write this essay?
2: Well, I am. I observe a lot of things, uh, always observing. I've always loved watching, I guess, humans and their behavior patterns. Um, so patterns really fascinate me. Um, this particular one I've had a number of friends uh, talk to me about lately and really get quite upset about and stressed about and, and be put in some pretty tricky situations that i just honestly i went okay that's enough like i'm i'm writing this down and i'm gonna it's time it's time to to shed light on the truth of this particular behavior pattern that we humans have um in a way that hopefully comes across as both true and not beating around the bush but also compassionate
0: absolutely so and when you go through it you describe three different parts and um it's very well put to the point, um, very scientific. Because a lot of people, you know, they they look. Well, where's your facts? And then they're right here in the in the article, and it tells you what it's all about. It. So in part one, you talk about the reptilian brain and how it focuses on pure survival and food, sex, escape, and attack. Can you tell us a little bit more about the uh, that part of the brain?
2: Yeah. So that's our basic. Um, well, it it really is that. It's it's the animal instinct it's the mammal part of us um which is funny because it's called the reptilian brain but when you think about you know so that very basic it's basic instinct so that's also where the fight or flight response resides And so you go i'm sure you've all felt fight or flight so that's sort of that heart beating pounding my the blood is going to go from the organs into the muscles, so that the muscles have the most energy possible to do whatever we need to do in that situation. We're very physical beings in that state. The reptilian brain, very physical oriented. And there's going to be certain aspects of the brain that are going to be going to be filled with blood, right? Filled with circulation to activate and light up. Our nervous system is going to light up certain aspects of the brain when we're in that, like that part one is what I called it, just for simplicity's sake.
0: Yeah. And then part two, the, I can't even say what that is. Paleo mammalian?
2: Yeah. So the paleo mammalian now, so, okay. you know, like the paleo diet. So that's the diet where you um, eat what we think our ancestors ate, I guess. And right. the mammalian means mammal. And so I guess this is where we're looking at you know, if you'd look at behavior of other mammals, this is what you would be really seeing where they're really able to express their joy. They're really able to, you know, so they're very pro- protective. Um, but with the, the part two of the brain, it's a little bit more, I guess, advanced or evolved, however you want to put it. But that's where sadness lives. That's where we feel our feelings. Um, and it's also where we're able to form intimate bonds with other people.
0: Okay, so and then there's part three. It's the neo-mammalian brain.
2: Yep, so that's where our logic, rationale, reason, and self-control come in. That's where we're very analytical. You know how some people are just like analyze the crap out of everything? Yeah. They're very part three brain-oriented. <laughs> so
0: all of these different be- all these uh, different parts of the brain, they all operate in different capacities when we're talking about brain- or behavior patterns and when it comes to mani- manipulative gaslighting. So um, can you tell us like a little bit about this?
2: Well, um, there's so much to say and I think that's why it's really hard to talk about this particular behavior pattern is because it's so complex and it's kind of scary because any, literally anything we say um, can be used against us out of context by someone else. Yeah. And people who exhibit gaslighting manipulative behavior are really good at this and so they're actually looking for that and so I think maybe that's why we kind of talk about it but then we don't and then we sort of no, I'm going to be brave and then we say a little bit about it and then we don't really follow through because it is kind of you know, uh, it, it's a it's a tricky situation to, to yeah. talk and shed light on some of our human weaknesses because some people can really take that as a threat on their well-being when it's not. It really is. Let's look at the way we are as humans. We all have brains. We all right. feel vulnerability. We all express that in different ways. This is one of them.
0: Right. So one of the parts in the essay is, are you triggered? And is the person acting irrationally? Are they triggered? Um, so what's this, what's this trigger? Like we're talking about trigger words, um, like you said, right? (laughs) Um, Even some, even some people at Gaslight will say that I understand I'm using trigger words, but you know,
2: okay. Yeah.
0: Like that's happened. That actually happened recently.
2: (laughs) So, so a Gaslighter, so a person, a person exhibiting Gaslighting behavior was saying to you, I realize I'm using triggering language. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, this is a very well-honed, skilled uh, thing. Um, these people, uh, people who exhibit this behavior are very good with their language skills. They've honed that, uh, both as a protective shield and as a sword, as a weapon. Um, and, and there's lots of reasons for that. Um, we, we all get triggered. And the reason why I want to use the word trigger is because it can be defined in many ways. Um, but basically, it, it, it's because it, when we get triggered, it's really, really difficult to keep part three of our brain online. Part three of the brain tends to go offline. And so we only have access to the other two aspects of the brain. Mm -hmm. And that's when we can get we can act really emotionally or we can even act violent if we if we get cornered if we feel cornered enough and that doesn't necessarily mean we're acting we're having violence against us, it could mean that there's words against us, that can make us feel cornered and we can get so cornered that we can actually head into fight or flight and that's full on reptilian brain. Yeah. So why this person might have said, I realize I'm using triggering language. Um, You know, I think that there was probably a lot going on in the person's head at the time. I couldn't even begin to explain or even probably understand why everything is said at certain times because I'm pretty sure I have exhibited gaslighting behavior before because I have felt quite overwhelmed before. Um, now whether that was gaslighting or maybe that was just simple fight-or-flight because it was never I have never intended to gaslight So I don't know if I have or not.
0: So would it would it be gaslighting if it was unintentional?
2: Yeah, it still would if it's a, yeah, it would be absolutely
0: they you still know what's wrong, <laughs> right? Well,
2: because uh, you might, because you're so, because some of us, because there's two, and I talked about this in the article, is there's two different possibilities when a person is exhibiting gaslighting behavior. Number one, they feel really vulnerable and they don't actually realize the consequence of their behavior, but they've kind of gone on autopilot, but it's a well-honed autopilot. So they it is very skilled, but they're not really like fully consciously aware of what's happening. They're on autopilot uh so whereas the other possibility, and it's still a well-honed skill, but it's intentional. So part three of their brain is still online and they're just trying to cause some stuff. They're just trying to get us upset because they they need a little boost, and uh, they need a little like mental victory on somebody. And so they'll they'll do that intentionally. So there's two possibilities when somebody's exhibiting gaslighting behavior.
0: Yeah, one one was actually recently, and then uh, it as well. Um, so it could be a case of where somebody mixed up the uh, fine line between cultural po- cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation and then went on to defend their actions without actually knowing to the extent of which the damage they've done okay because that happened recently and you know i spoke to their management and those racist posts came down you know we said we understand that people make mistakes let's just you know let's get past this and <laughs> make mm. sure that comes down because it wasn't right. So, right. you know, um, they've, the racist post have since come down from that guy, but, you know, it was intentional gaslighting with a hashtag that said get mad.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Even, uh, I want to jump in here, Andrew, and elaborate on that point. Even some of the private messages that CME received as a whole were strictly baiting there is a lot of narcissism and gaslighting in those. You saw them, and we all saw them. And it's just you know, it's rampant in society. Um, and, and what it is is honestly, I think that people feel bad about themselves and they want to bring everybody down to their level. They don't believe really in boosting anybody up anymore. It's rather than bring everybody down.
0: Yeah. It's true. And it's manipulation of his own his own fan base, even. Yeah. You know?
2: Yep. Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to talk about it. And it's a sad thing to think about. So, uh, moving on, um, Alex, is there um, you know, like uh, there, there's there's something out there now that's called reactive abuse? Is there anything that that uh, you think would Trigger that. I see you mentioned in your article narcissistic victim syndrome. Uh, could you elaborate on everybody on that for everybody?
2: Yeah. So, so when it comes to the term reactive abuse, uh, you'll see uh, certain behavior patterns described differently depending on the literature you're reading, and it depends on sort of the grade of literature. So it's maybe for the layman, it would have different words than if it's if it's in like published articles and things like that. Um, Reactive abuse is basically gaslighting. It's also been labeled narcissism, but narcissism is a very broad term. And so that really, in my opinion, needs to be boiled down. And so when we talk about the term narcissistic victim syndrome, that's not a very broad term itself. If you look at the fact that narcissism is very broad, but I, the way it was used um, in the writing that I have been reading it's basically someone who's constantly been under that state they're like under it they don't have control over it they're getting really worn down by it um in the article later on in it i talk about how when i was young i didn't have language for this and so the best way i had to describe how i was feeling was like deer flies buzzing around my head and the more I swatted at them the worse they got but the more I stood still the worse they got and that was my young way of saying look like everybody I feel completely overwhelmed and and everybody must know what it's like to have a deer fly perpetually at you let alone maybe two or three or four at a time um so can you please you know touch base on this and please stop like (laughs) it's basically me kind of like please stop like I need a freaking break here yeah. Um, so that that's the mar- that's what it feels like to be in that particular fancy word for just a state that you're feeling that little syndrome. There's lots of words for everything, but it really it was and I wouldn't have called it a syndrome at the time. I'm comfortable with it now because I'm no longer in it. But before I wouldn't have said, oh, no, no, I don't have a syndrome. I don't have a this or that. I, I just I'm just sick of this. Like I, I'm getting overwhelmed. Like, can we please just move on and not do this anymore with each other?
0: Right. Yeah. And, you know, we all kind of suffered from that or gone through that. So we're all guilty of that, you know?
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in a very bad relationship uh, with one of my exes. This it, describes to a T, you know, uh, gaslighting directly on me and then reactive abuse would come out if I got upset about it. Well, I didn't know about this back then. I didn't, also didn't have uh, understanding of, of great peace back then. So... You know, my mind wasn't good, and then having this happen to me, it, its I was very reactive to it, and I'm sure, I'm sure everybody else has, too. Uh, how that you understand it, you can recognize it in the behavior. correct it in yourself, and then help others do it as well. And there's a nice little, little spot up here where, where Alex talks about um, friends and coworkers to overcome this. I didn't even
2: Nick, I'm curious yeah. about um, can you talk about we want to talk about vulnerability and how we feel vulnerable in states like that um, would you be comfortable talking a little bit about the vulnerability you felt within that situation
1: um, yeah so uh, there, I'm not I don't remember the particular details of what was going on that that day but um, I had a reaction to some gaslighting and oh. Because I raised my voice, um, the, the neighbors got concerned and the police showed up at my door. But in the process, in between that time, I don't know what time it was when it started, but my ex would fall up on the floor and cry and, and blame me for everything. And, and you know, it's, it's a very bad position to feel. And like, i like, I was scared when the police showed up because I didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I, all I was doing was defending myself, and, and that's where that vulnerability comes in. You feel vulnerable, and it's an automatic defense trigger for many, many people um, because they don't like to be made to feel like that, and I certainly didn't make be made to feel like that. I, I felt very, very uh, alone in that moment uh, because I know that the colonial law really, really favors on the side of women, especially when a man is upset. And they won't believe anything a man says, even if even if he was was a victim of gaslighting and, and reactive abuse. Um, so when they answered the door or when I answered the door, when they were here, I didn't let them in. And, and they, they tried to trap me with some questions. Um, and, I, and I told the, the one fella, you know, I, I said, you're you're pretty, you know, you're pretty, uh, um, pretty intrusive here with your questions. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to talk to your partner. And I'm going to defuse the situation. I'd like it if you go stand over there and you can be filled in on the conversation later. And he mm-hmm. says, well, I can't leave my partner alone. I said, okay, but you can keep your mouth shut while I'm talking to her. So yeah. I talked to a female officer and I felt better. She helped calm me down and, and helped me understand a little bit that I was overreacting to a situation. But which, what I tried to have her understand was that I didn't create the situation. I was reacting to something that was thrown upon me. And it was constant berating. And once I told her that, that I feel like I'm in an abusive relationship, her tone really changed, but his didn't.
0: Yeah, because...
1: She was, she might have been a victim of the gaslighting herself and had some reactive abuse <laughs> um, uh, gaslighting come back on her. But the situation was confused. They, um, because I didn't have anywhere to go at the time, they, they told my ex to leave. Um, I, uh, I didn't file fill out a police report. I told them to leave and don't come back to the property unless they, uh, unless they have a warrantable reason and it better not be for me because I'm not the one that's causing the problems. I was just reacting to it and the male officer turned around and was gonna say something to me and his partner said, don't bother because you understand just as much as I do what's going on here and they walked away. So there is police instigation, but there's also police diffusion as yeah. well in the situation. and. Honestly, I was scared shitless because I thought I was going to go to jail for punching a wall or crying on the floor.
3: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, when you're stuck in situations like that, it's difficult for even uh, men of our stature, uh, big men, to uh, be looked on as gentle giants when... uh, Uh, you're always uh, viewed as intimidating. So naturally, first impressions are always uh, a thing. And when you're uh, met with law enforcement, they're always going to uh, think the worst rather than innocent until proven guilty. Not only are you a big guy, but when you're a big person of color. That too.
0: Tables really turn. Just to add to the... And like what you're saying in in there too, Nick, there's that kind of like... (laughs) It's like embedded sexism in there as well right that nobody ever wants to talk about and it gets weaponized daily Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) and that's pretty much what what i felt like was my my ex was literally weaponizing her gender against me when the police showed up because she was standing behind me screaming oh he's doing this he's doing that he's doing that he's doing this and i'm sitting there trying to say no i'm not i'm getting upset (laughs) doing this and doing this and and that that's what happens and, 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 you know, he and she, he said, she said kind of situation goes on and and they uh they don't want any part of that the, the police don't want any part of that they'll just they'll they'll put cuffs on the guy and take him away
0: yeah for sure 100 mm-hmm. percent
2: um something i heard you say nick was uh did i hear you say that she was screaming that she was raising her voice
1: she was raising her voice, too, yeah. So she, she escalated the situation and me to, to raise my voice. You know, she I tried to stay calm, but I couldn't. And the more she raised her voice, the more I raised my voice. And I know that there is a psychological tactic. If somebody's raising their voice to you, you lower your voice an octave below theirs so they have trouble hearing you, and they're, they're forced to lower their voice. The same thing works the other way. If they're raising your voice, you're going to raise your voice because you feel like you're not being heard. So she felt like she wasn't being heard, which is... She wasn't being able to control me is what that was. I was yeah. hearing her and I was getting really upset about it. And that's what caused me to raise my voice against hers because I wasn't being hurt. I, I was backed into a corner. Yeah. Now, if I wasn't white, if I was indigenous or I was, you know, any 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 skin color but white, I know for No sure. question. Yeah, it would
0: have been in jail. <laughs> in a second. Yeah. yeah. The so-called wellness checks, right? Right. right. Yeah. Um, but Alex, what do you, what do, what do you, what do you think, uh, or what do you know about this weaponizing of gender? Can you tell mm. us a little about that? Weaponizing gender?
2: Well, um, th- that is a tricky topic, but I have to say that since I'm being asked this question, I'm very happy that I have a female voice to be able to speak it.
0: That's why I want to ask a female. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I'm acutely aware of the fact that I can shed light on this in a more direct way than a man can with this particular behavior pattern. Now, there's going to be other downfalls of being a female. There have, with that said, because I'm, I don't want this to sound like I'm picking on anybody. So I want to preface this by saying... Um, as a female, there are certain behavior patterns that I am going to be more vulnerable to, because I am littler. I have littler wrists. I have. I'm shorter. I have this. I have, right. So, so there's going to be certain situations that I'm going to feel quite a bit more vulnerable in, because I'm female. And that's just life. Um, you know, maybe someday if I can learn enough self-defense, I can kick some ass, and then I won't have to feel like that anymore. <laughs> But in the meantime, that's just life. And so with that in mind, let's just beat this bush directly and say that men are far more vulnerable in this situation than women are. And minority men are are even more vulnerable in this situation. And I was inspired to write this because my protective instincts flared for my friends. Because I hate watching this happen to innocent people who I know are just really gentle, really. And I, I you look at like, you know, we're talking about the Neo mammalian brain part two of the brain. Right. Yep. But let's look at dogs, you know, how like little dogs get away with barking way more than big dogs. As soon as one, as soon as a big dog barks, everybody's scared. Right. right. Little dog and bark, 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 bark and it's, and we don't, we're not threatened by that. And so big dogs have had to learn to self-regulate a lot better than little dogs in general.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's for sure.
2: So maybe, maybe, maybe there's a reason why there, this is more of a common pattern that we see in females. Maybe it's because of other things that we've had to endure. I don't know. I don't care. I don't care. I don't want people to act destructively. I, I'm, i you know, I, I miss congeniality. You know, I want world peace. I yeah. want everybody to be kind to each other and get along. I don't care why we act the way we do, quit treating each other like badly. <laughs> yeah. and, and recognize your yeah. recognize your behavior patterns, recognize the consequences of them, and quit causing destruction, because it's just gonna cause more destruction. It's just gonna come back on all of us. <laughs> So Let's look at ourselves with self-love with enough self-love to look at this and go, Oh, Oh shit. I'm, I'm doing this. Oh God. Okay. Let me, this is scary. This sucks. I got to look at this, but nobody's perfect. And I need to have enough self love and self acceptance to look at this so I can fix it so I can grow.
3: Yeah. Right. So when you say things like this, is it possible now that um, it, women have gone through centuries of being physically abused, so now they are trying to uh, turn the tables as in uh, psychological warfare? Now, like as you said, uh, we are trying to stop the pain of everyone, but uh, just asking the question, where does uh, this gaslighting stem from, if you look at the general histories of it?
2: That's an excellent question.
3: Wow. That's that's where that comes from is uh, just centuries of of male uh, dominance and abuse in itself before women actually had uh, their right to power.
1: Yeah, that's Um, a great point. A great point, Nathan. And, you know, it's uh, women are, are still fighting, but there's a fine line between standing up for your rights and being a jerk. And, and being well a, yeah
3: because if you're a jerk you're a jerk no matter what no like it doesn't matter who like what your preference anything like that if you're an asshole you're an asshole i'm sorry yep.
1: yeah there's a fine line between standing up for your rights and being abusive that's and, right I, yeah
2: yeah and, and for sure for and everybody. i think that man, that man. has I'll, um i think that that needs to be considered absolutely uh the history of that that said women gaslight like other women all the time
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Women gaslight other women all the time. You're absolutely right. And, um, uh, just building off the point you were trying to make earlier too, uh, uh you didn't know how you were uh, going to be perceived. Uh, I feel like, um, psychological warfare, uh, amongst other women is, is a, a problem in order to voice these kinds of concerns yourself, right? Like you, you feel like, um, not that you're a traitor. I don't want to say that. That's a, that's a strong, tough word. But, like, you know what I mean? Against other women?
2: Uh, yes. I, and I, I, I love this about uh, when, I, when I speak to Native North Americans, um, there is such culturally, there's such a wonderful <laughs> respect for the, the women of the species and their role. And I really I hear that coming out in the language of both women and men, and it's a beautiful thing. It, it's not in every culture. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. It's probably in most cultures, but certainly not in uh, <laughs> white culture quite as much.
3: <laughs> well, you know, it's it's just is it's just maybe it's been lost a little bit, so we have to rediscover that. Right. Because yeah.
1: talking about your feelings amongst uh, settler society bruises one's eagle. Because everybody needs to be the macho, you know, the toughest. And, it's all about you know, the
0: best, right? Mm.
1: Right, right. It's all about being the best and the number one. And look at me, I'm popular. And that, right. that is, uh, that's ego. So right. people can't sit around a fire in a long house or sit around a fire outside or whatever and and talk about their trauma. Because they're scared. Right. That people are going to look at them differently.
0: Yeah, exactly. They can't handle it. <laughs>
3: Um, yeah, just
2: like we all the, packs. we do it, but we do it in packs. We call it yeah. clicks.
3: <laughs> yeah. So that's all I'm uh, saying, Alex, is that, um, being able to voice your concerns and these opinions right now is amazing because it is giving a voice to, uh, an, a subject that hasn't had a voice or even had legs before. and uh, moving forward in order to to heal we have to break down these walls of uh hurt and start saying well what is actually hurting everyone and gaslighting can be uh met by both men and women and both sexes of the same so we need to stop that as it is um Uh, hurting everyone really like that's kind of like the in the
0: essay the phase one two and three Mm -hmm. right from passive aggression to aggression to dangerous threats all while playing the victim that's right
1: right right and and the the people when you get in these situations and they're trying to control you it's not easy to diffuse them they get really upset when you start to uh, not fall into their narrative and and I really like how Alex talks about here. here is like not even acknowledging their confrontational texts or their messages or social media posts that have you know underlying sexist tones to them they have narcissistic tones to them there's gaslight there's baiting a lot of baiting happens on social media like I can't believe how much baiting happens it's unbelievable and then people fall for it and then you watch what happens and it's like hours upon hours, sometimes days, and there's these massively long text messages, and like just just looking through them and reading them, you can see who's trying to control who, and who's trying to defend themselves, and, and it's clear that it's it's narcissistic, gaslighting, uh, and reactive abuse, because that's what they want. You react, and then they abuse you more.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's like you don't do anything, they'll attack you, just like it says in the essay. You, you don't do anything, they'll attack you. You do something, and they attack you more. They're harder. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Yeah, I believe that there are vampires among us, and they're not like what you see in the movies and in the the shows. But I think that we Mm -hmm. all, as people, have learned to feed off each other's energy in many ways. For example, um, and we see children playing, and we're like, it warms our heart, and we're like, yay! And then we hear that laughter, and it just boosts us, and we 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 feel lighter after interacting with a happy child. Um, Similarly, uh, we have learned subconsciously to feed off each each other's energy in a lot of ways, and this this could be one of them um you know we, we're hungry for a lot of things and some of us for whatever reason how humans evolved into this i don't know but to feed off another's negative to feed off another's upset to use just this one simple behavior pattern example and i could have written a hundred of these papers
0: right yeah it's insane how how much people would prefer to feed off the negative because it's easy to right it's easy to figure feed, feed off the negativity because positivity, you're building somebody else up, and then it makes, it forces you to look at yourself. What am I doing? You know, what am I doing here? What can I do to make myself better? You know. Meanwhile, you're <laughs> just sitting there
1: being angry. Throw, people throw rocks at things that shine.
3: Yeah. So, Alex. Uh, now that uh, we're voicing what maybe some concerns and things like that are, so to be positive now moving forward, what uh, in your uh, opinion and estimation do you think are some things we can do moving forward to um, uh, help uh, prevent and stop some of these uh, issues that we're talking about today?
2: I am so glad you asked. Good timing because I was actually going to flip that uh, tone myself. So wonderfully said. Uh, because, because my reason, uh, I guess the underlying reason, right, of, of this uh, piece of writing that I've done is to help stop this behavior. Um, number one, to shed light on it. But if you notice the uh, examples I give on how to handle it, um, there, there's, it's very much in a tone of like absorbing that that dark, heavy, dense energy but not spitting that back out toward them, but to transform that energy into a lighter energy and then get that back. And so in that way, we are making, you know, over time, if if enough of us become aware of this particular particular behavior pattern, um, manipulation, subcategory, gaslighting, uh, reactive abuse, if enough of us become aware of it and handle it like it's outlined in the paper, then this particular behavior pattern eventually becomes extinct
3: right yeah so like satayanda was saying um you feel that you uh become victimized when you uh, are try to um, say to the other uh person that like hey this sort of thing is happening but like it's not trying to be negative you're just you know uh, expressing how you're feeling and such And uh, expression of feeling shouldn't be transformed or weaponized into creating more conflict. We should then take that and adhere to what the person is saying rather than just listen to react. And if we can start to do that, then we can start to uh, understand one another and not feel so... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Vulnerable? Yeah, feel so vulnerable to... uh, uh, and susceptible to this kind of behavior
0: need to be able to express your feeling without getting the instant
3: negativity. That's right.
2: That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the, really the step one to me, overcoming uh, it is to, to is step one of me, not being a victim anymore of this particular behavior pattern was to stop being afraid of it. I had to stop fearing mm-hmm. it. Then part three of my brain could stay online. Because let me tell you, what gets part three of the brain offline quicker than anything else is fear.
1: fear. And fear fear is, fear is ego. Fear is our our, our ego uh, for the simple fact that we're scared what other people are going to think about us because somebody else is saying something, and that's an ego thing. So if we learn to have self-love, like you said, Alex, um, I always say, you know, control the ego and, and always never allow yourself to get upset because that that's a lack of self-love why are you doing that to yourself you're wasting energy you're wasting your life on this Mm -hmm, and and being angry literally it shortens your life it's it's almost been equated to smoking and if you're angry all the time we've talked about this before the water in our body holds a memory so we're and if we have bad self-talk that's self-abuse you know that that's egotistical self abuse and and that's fear. You know we're we're scared of what other people are going to think, so we abuse ourselves and try to make ourselves better. And it's just a slippery slope.
3: That's right, and that's why we need to stop that uh, kind of self abuse uh, amongst all people. Doesn't matter who you are, uh, we need to stop that so we can start breaking down these walls and healing everyone.
0: Yeah, you're not going to be able to, um, you know, properly. You know, have a proper relationship. You can't have a relationship with yourself. One hundred percent. Like if you can't right. love yourself, you're gonna have problems
3: anywhere else. That's right. Because yeah, uh, if
1: you can't keep you go in check, you're gonna have problems.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Like how can you love someone else when you can't even love yourself? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, that'll never ever work. Mm-hmm.
2: So well, here's a cool to- spin on that. <laughs> um, a cool spin on that about self-love, <laughs> which I think is very lofty. For people like how could i even like because all this is so self like it, this is a this is deeply subconscious stuff like we're not consciously aware of this stuff the conscious mind can only store so much minute per minute there's so much <laughs> going on in the background i right. call it the back of our mind versus the front of the mind the back half of us holy crap yeah so <laughs> so how about this what if we stopped being so afraid of somebody else saying something about us what if we just were able to just step one okay i need to stop being so afraid Right. Like yep. what really could happen if somebody says something about me? Yes, that's right. a huge thing because it, like, it could affect our professional life, especially for public figures, reputation right. in the community, relationships, friendships, mm-hmm. you name it. It could affect it. But but <laughs> unfortunately, fortunately or fortunately, that is step one. Let me go. OK, somebody said something bad about me okay, did that really, like, what really happened to me? I don't have a bruise. Like, I'm not, I can still walk. I can still do my thing. Like, the only thing that's happening to me right now is that I'm in a state of fear and I can't focus on my work. So, actually, my fear is the reason I'm afraid of that person saying something. It's our fear is the, we're afraid of our own fear. Yeah, that's right.
1: I've been saying to myself recently, too, because a good friend of mine keeps saying this, that, whatever people say behind my back, it isn't any of my business, because they don't have the balls to say it to my face, but other people will listen to it, and if they're foolish enough to believe something said behind my back, they're they're more foolish, or they're just as foolish as that person who's saying it, because they're lies. If you don't have the balls to say it to my face, your ego is bruised yeah it doesn't hurt my ego any because i could care less what you say behind my back it's none of my business and, yeah, yeah, and it's really helping me it's really helping me get over that because yeah I, everybody gets bothered by it right and, yeah. and that's that's part of mastering the ego is that fear and, and fear is the hardest one to master and yeah. and never feed that fear never feed your fear no matter what you know there, there's bravery and there's stupidity yeah people going into battle are scared because they're not stupid and that's what bravery is. Yeah. Uh, if you're brave enough to stand up and say, these people's words behind my back won't hurt me, you, you've stepped into a next level of, of self-love, self-consciousness, and and dropping your ego. And and if everybody can do that, like you said, Nathan, it'd make the world a better place.
3: Well, yeah, it's just uh, like you said too, Nick, we need to just shatter our, our own ego and get past our, our own, um, what do you call that? self that uh is holding it back that fear is what is holding us back we need to stop that because fear is feeding into ego as well and uh that is right what we think of uh what other people think of us um has led into where we are now mm-hmm. because that is like you said, we have to be the macho man of the world now, or the, or the women have to be the macho women of the world. Now, like they, we, there's this power struggle and uh, it's confusing because it's a power struggle then just leads to um, greed. And yeah,
1: exactly. It's a power struggle of ego rather than a power struggle of equality.
3: Exactly. So if we can start having the power struggle of equality, we will definitely have a much better place because then we can, you know, shatter that uh, ego that we have. And then once, like if Andrew says to me, hey, you know, you said this, this makes me feel this way. I like as myself, I can shatter my ego, say, you know what? I did do that. I got to like hold myself accountable now. So if we can start holding ourselves accountable and not saying like, well, like I did it because of this, not thinking like what I did to him rather than, you know, what is my next move, then we can start to, you know, move forward better. Not just with, uh, like all issues really. Right. It's like, um, if people were angry
0: with the, uh, with the essay or even if they're angry with, um, this, This episode, it's not necessarily anger. And we never brought that up because all it is, it's fear. It's ego. It's all those different things because, you know, anger is just a front. Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) So here's another symptom that I didn't write in the essay. Uh, Another symptom, uh, another sign that you might be dealing with narcissistic victim syndrome is always um, subconsciously waiting for the next ball to drop. I hear this a lot from people. Well, you know, it's been it's been too quiet around here lately. Uh, When's the next bad thing going to happen in my life? Um, Manifestation
1: of negativity.
2: Yeah, Yeah. but but think about it. Like, what if we uh, are used to being around someone where when it gets quiet, they got to cause problems. They got to light some shit up. Because if it gets too quiet, our brain starts to go and we start to process our life experience and we subconsciously start to look at stuff. That's really scary. And so what will happen subconsciously is that we will start, we will light some shit up in order to avoid that self-work. But we don't even know what's going on. It's all happening subconsciously.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, being able to, able to recognize that quicker is also a step forward as well. What was that? I said, just uh, recognizing that aspect and uh, knowing that uh, a lot quicker is uh, um, a step in the right direction as well.
2: Yes, because when we, as a gas, as a person who exhibits gaslighting behavior, is. Lighten shit up every time it gets a little too quiet around here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember when we talked about we got to stop being so afraid of what other people say about us? That right. right there is someone who has to stop being afraid of what their own subconscious mind is saying about them. They got to stop being afraid of their own thoughts about themselves and look at that.
3: Right, yeah. like that's what I was saying. Like if Andrew ever said to me, you know, came to me with an issue and I rather uh, made would make a confrontation rather than look at myself and say what did i do then like that's the issue that we're facing now is that not healing but rather fighting see like yeah we need to uh smash our own egos so that we can look at ourselves and say like sometimes i need we need to look at ourselves sometimes we are the problem well that's that's cultural thing you need
0: to that's what we grew up on looking at yourself reflecting making sure you have all those parts of the circle And yeah, at times we do lose parts of the circle or it gets Mm -hmm. bent or wonky and that's just Mm -hmm. part of life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's all about that rebuilding it, healing, you know, reflection, Mm -hmm. going back and like shattering that ego, all that stuff, you
3: know? Right. (laughs) So then like once we like, because then if we're not the problem, right, Mm. then something else has to be. Yeah. Right? Like you said, it's a wheel. So it's got, if it's not turning somewhere, it's clicking somewhere where it's not turning. So that that's the thing uh it, it's all it's, it's all one issue yeah something happens and reflect on it that's right Don't react to it yeah <laughs> what's the point of reaction when you're just going to make cause more problems and, and another issue that didn't need to be started mm-hmm. right so moving forward alex um now What would you suggest be uh, good exercises in order to smash one's ego?
2: Well, uh, first of all, um, understand what the body needs to do. As we start to feel and smash that ego, um, guys, it burns. It hurts.
3: Mm -hmm. Absolutely, it does. Uh, It all hurts. That's, uh, That's the part of healing. Yeah.
2: Um, so the the key and what we practice is not flexing against it, not fighting it, but allowing it to course through our body and letting our body heat up so hot and the heat's just going to go and we're going to tremble and our muscles are going to twitch and we might cry or we might have to make a noise out of our voice. I, I love oming for that because it, it allows for an outlet, you know, that ohm or whatever, whatever song or whatever note you want to hit with your voice. I find that's a good outlet big heavy breaths trembling the tremble response and your body will just heat up you feel like you're gonna like catch on fire but you you stop thinking about how you're feeling and you just fucking feel it
1: that's That's exactly what has to happen a few
2: times (laughs) like you think it's never gonna lift and it does like it's gone in an instant and you're free of it and you're lighter and then you've got a bit of mental clarity to grow But it you gotta get it's going through the fire literally, but you have to have faith in yourself that you can handle that. I'm I Mm -hmm. sometimes there's I gotta say right now like I gotta say there's some traumas that should never be unlocked from that door that it's locked behind. It should Mm -hmm. just stay there for your life. There are some traumas that we just can't deal with in this life. But there is a lot of everyday pain that we flex against, so afraid of it, and we don't realize how it's not small, but it, it, how, how big we are compared to it and how powerful and great we actually are. If we can just feel it, we'll be free of it in in a matter of a minute or a few hours. And I have puked guys. I've done a lot of puking in my days, getting rid of darkness and heaviness out of my system. I've puked and, and I had to learn to be okay with that. And that's not a bad, it's not a huge, what's, what's the big deal. Right. Right.
3: Well, well, yeah, it's a purging, right. And uh, purging is more than just puking. Like, Uh, We were discussing this with uh, one of our friends, uh, Lena, from South Africa, about uh, the benefits of ayahuasca and uh, how purging, um, when you purge, you get rid of that negative energy, and it could be through, you could be crying, like, you could have, like, a deep, like, cry, and like, that would help, or, you know, a laugh, it could be... You know vomit or other bodily functions yeah and we shared
0: about how we, we have different medicines like that here too and that purging and then there's also the meditation because i've gone into a meditative right. state that's so deep where i end up coming out in the exhale end up throwing up you have something there mm-hmm. you know because it's just such that deep meditation state you come out and then everything comes out with it mm-hmm.
3: you know so it's heavy. <laughs> it is heavy. And and, and when you uh, purge those burdens, yeah. that's why you feel so refreshed and rejuvenated yeah. because you're bringing in positivity now and getting rid of that negative.
0: Right. And you wipe, wipe away that sweat and it's almost cleansing. It is cleansing. You know? So there's different
3: ways. <laughs> there are different ways. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I was just using it oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, an yeah, example. But I was
0: just expanding on
3: it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and I like in the article, too, that Alex wrote was um, good record keeping is important if you're a male. Um, back to the safety aspect of things. Right. Um, yeah. I was a, a victim of some, some gaslighting and, and uh, I guess you would say playing the victim, somebody else playing victim against me and gaslighting me. And, and I'm just thankful that I recorded and screenshot every single conversation that occurred. Uh, between this person and myself uh, because as soon as i said that i have all this information they backed right down
0: yeah right right yeah. so that's that's what we that's what we do we keep everything
3: yeah so we yeah exactly help. you can uh, uh produce facts rather than uh hearsay
0: exactly based on the guyana on goa we go by logic and facts that's right and that's how we roll that is
1: Uh, Alex, do you have anything else to add into this?
2: Uh, just thinking, I um, I think that, well, I guess going back to the, the, I guess suppose this essay could have been way longer. Um, and I'm really glad that we talked about a couple of uh, things that, that the essay didn't tackle in today's podcast. That was really cool. Um, uh, I think maybe just getting back to the self-protection aspect and maybe ending there, because that was the, the point of this whole thing anyway. Right. Yep. Um, there's options in the paper. There's going to be loads of other suggestions in books and online, uh, especially psychiatrists, professionals, even some coaches. Um, obviously, whatever you read online, take with a grain of salt. Um, right. and you'll know if it's true or not, right? Your instincts will tell you if that rings true for you. It's all about your truth, right all about your truth um and so so but at the end of the day just stay cool stay cool and practice keeping part three of your brain online in stressful situations because if you as long as your part three on your uh, um of your brain is online you'll be fine you'll be fine as long as part three stays online and so as you get better at this and as you practice this in your life whether in your professional life or family life friend life and you you try and you fail And you try and you fail, and you try and you fail, and you get yourself into that situation over and over and over again, right? I like I said in here, I've explained myself and defended myself into many a bad situation just by trying to defend and explain myself. Didn't have the techniques down. So when someone's in an irrational state and their part three is offline in their brain, they can't hear you. Like no matter what you say, they can't hear you. You just have to hear them out. And that's gonna take. Um, that's going to take some guts because you're going to have to sit there, not fearful, mm-hmm. watching, watching them talk to you badly and say bad things about you, but not internalize that. But don't take it personally. You're going to have to let them. You're going to have to let that behavior pattern run its course until part three of their brain is still is back online. Then, then you can have a loving conversation with them. But in the meantime, you're just going to have to get yourself out of that situation, let them go, cool down, and then deal with it. Perfect. There's no point explaining yourself.
3: Never. Yes. Thank, uh, so thank you very much, uh, Alex. We would love to have you back and uh, have more discussions on this again.
0: Absolutely. Mental health and all these topics are extremely important, and we want to make sure that we do have the female voice on here. Absolutely. And we do also have other con- another contributor. Uh, we'll call her Cat. She's got a pseudonym as well. That's right. <laughs> so she's also a Mohawk. Yeah. Uh, so we have a Mohawk and a settler, both have- female. Uh, so we have. Both sides of the fence, yeah, yeah. Equality. Equality for everyone. Because Guyana Nagoa Goa and Gaswanta, the two row and the Great Law. So. That's for everyone. Uh, for everyone.
3: Uh, right, Say so well, So, thanks again for joining us, Alex. And we'll uh, look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm Nathan Thomas. Andrew Brett. Nick Lamarche.
0: This was Red Truth and White Lies, a podcast of two Canadas. Have a great night.
1: Thanks so much.